Faithful responders consist of two deputies and two firefighters with nearly 40 combined years of service as first responders. Scotty, Jonathan, Clint, and Jacob invite you to listen as they discuss various issues that first responders deal with in their daily lives as well as on the job. The crazy schedules, training, mandatory OT, and the extra gigs provide little time for family, let alone going to or committing to a church. Their prayer is that this will be something used to help keep you encouraged and equipped in your faith. So sit on back, but don't fall asleep. Yes, that means you, firefighters. And as always, stay safe. Hey guys, this is uh, Scotty uh, here with Faith for Responders, and uh, we just want to uh, start off the this uh, next podcast with uh, another testimony from uh, one of our guys, Clint. Um, I think that y'all are going to get a lot out of this, and I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Um, it's going to be uh, a lot of things that he's been leading up to, and I can't wait to hear uh, what his testimony is, and uh, looking really forward to it. So. Uh, with all uh, everybody ready, we'll uh, let you get into it, Clint. Well, I'm afraid I may have built it up a little bit too much. Nah. Just on big side. <laughs> no. Man, you know, so we just heard Scotty's in the last episode and his awesome story. Um, appreciate you taking the time and sharing all that with us, man. I know that it's tough. Sometimes we're recalling some of the tougher times of our lives, but, you know, it's awesome that we can share what we've learned from those times. And I know that, like, at the beginning of that one, I read a little bit about what a testimony is, you know, and kind of not to take too much time on that, but, you know, we're just telling the story of how somebody becomes a Christian and it kind of refers to an event in their life where God did something that we thought was worth sharing. You know, and I've, I've heard testimonies before where people tell the story of, you know, how they became a Christian. And, you know, sometimes people are in the, you know, in the, the alcohol you know, alcoholics or addicted to drugs, whatever, they get pulled from, you know, the deepest, darkest place, and then they find Jesus and then turn their life around. Well, I don't necessarily have that initially when I was, you know, first baptized. It was, honestly, it was kind of boring, you know, and I've been thinking back on it and what I've kind of mentioned before is it's cool looking back at your life and seeing what God has put into place, you know, the, the pieces that he's put in place when he put them there to kind of get you to where he wants you to be and I, I couldn't plan my life any better if I had tried and uh, I know I mentioned that before and so the more I thought about it the more I feel like and I just kind of see what you guys think and you know I feel like a person's testimony can can change over time and it may, maybe not change change may not be the right word but it grows over time I would agree I know what you're saying I would agree with that and I feel like I that was yeah. kind of the story. Like your, your testimony wasn't just one thing, one and done kind of deal. You told us about multiple things in your life that, that you, places that you've seen God, situations that you've gone through that have built that relationship with you and times that you've had God there with you and stuff like that. And, and I feel the same way. I feel like there's a lot of times in my life that I can share. You know, we could be here for days, really. But, you know, try to keep it a little bit shorter. I grew up. In a Christian family, I was surrounded by God and, you know, went to church from the beginning of my life. I didn't, wasn't there every Sunday. You know, there's a lot of times I didn't want to go, stuff like that as a young guy. 
and I'm big, I'm a big outdoorsman. I love hunting and fishing. I grew up doing that with my dad. And, uh, you know, just a quick part about when I decided to be baptized, you know, I was actually sitting in a deer stand in the evening and I was like, you know what? Um, we had a great relationship with the, the preacher at our church. We called him PB, Preacher Bill, just an awesome guy. Had a great impact in my life, you know, and I was like, man, I'd like for him to baptize me. And I was like, you know, kind of thinking about what that meant. And I was sitting there that afternoon. I was hunting. I wouldn't really didn't necessarily have that on my mind to begin with, but it just kind of came to my mind like, you know, I want Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my heart. And it was almost, you know, I start thinking about that. And I, I had my eyes closed at one point. I look up and as the sun was setting, it was the most beautiful sunset to this day that I've ever seen. I just cried like a baby sitting <laughs> deer sand all by myself. You know, it was just a cool moment for me. <laughs> I was like, there's a time that I accepted Jesus into my heart. And then, you know, life goes on. You know, I never really went through, you know, didn't really lose anybody close to me, like what Scotty shared for a long time. You know, I had kind of an easy road, if you will. And I unfortunately let that easy road kind of, you know, I kind of got away from God. I felt like at times there was times I, I knew about him more than I knew than I knew him. I didn't have that relationship with him. Even though I felt like I was saved, maybe it was, maybe I was, looking at things the wrong way and it took kind of a low spot in my life to kind of jog my memory if you will like hey you know where you're supposed to be you know where your heart's supposed to be you know who's here for you and so that's where I was gonna kind of talk about and I kind of went back and forth on it whether I was gonna share, share any details about this story but I think that I will I've, I haven't told many people this story but it relates to my career and you know with you know people who that are first responders is kind of stuff that we see um, it kind of led me into a low point. Um, just little things in life that were happening, you know, financial troubles here and there, little small things that kind of got me down a little bit, I guess, and I didn't really realize it. Um, but it was almost like a cumulative thing that led up to me without even realizing it, getting to a pretty low spot in my life and getting pretty far from God. And, you know, at this time in my life, my relationship with God was almost non-existent, which I hate to admit that because, of, you know, if you'd asked me then, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian and I believe in God, you know, but I didn't really have that relationship. Well, how, how old would you say? Were you? I was married by then. I was already, I already had met you. Um, we were, I was already working full time with the fire department. I was probably 23, 23-ish, because I hadn't been married long. I got married when I was 22. Yeah. And so I hadn't been married long. And, you know, still, still pretty young. I thought I had a pretty good handle on my life and was going in the right direction. But, you know, like we were talking about earlier and not on the podcast, we were talking about Satan being the great deceiver. And, you know, he used some little things in my life to really further me from God. And I didn't even realize it. But the biggest, like, the turning point for me was we, uh, I was on shift. We got dispatched to a cardiac arrest. Um, we get there as a young lady, I think she was about 32, and you know, nothing really crazy about it. We unfortunately run stuff like that somewhat regularly, maybe not quite that young, but even you know, we've seen younger, and so it wasn't necessarily something that was out of the norm for me, but something that was kind of unique about this one it was a, a husband and a wife that had been married terribly long, and they had gotten into a big argument the night before, and the husband had gone downstairs and slept on the couch. and so he got up the next morning and she hadn't come downstairs and 
was, I guess it was getting closer to lunchtime. He finally was like, I need to go check on her and found her dead upstairs. Well, we got there and unfortunately she was too far gone. There was nothing that we could do for her. And unfortunately, you know, as you guys know, that's, that's not an uncommon situation for us to be in. Somebody passes overnight, whatever the cause may be, and they don't get found for hours. And then at that point, there's nothing that we can do for them. And I was coming back down the stairs. I made it up the stairs just, just soon enough. I was carrying equipment upstairs, you know, because we were prepared to, you know, begin CPR and do whatever we needed to do. But unfortunately, we didn't need it in that situation. So I turned around and was going back down the stairs. And I'll never forget it. I was the third guy in line carrying our oxygen bag. And uh, the husband was sitting on the couch with his head like buried in his hands looking down and he looked up as we come down the stairs i'm sure he could hear us come down the stairs and the first guy passed the second guy passed and i was the third guy in line and he said what you guys are leaving and at the time there's been times before i felt awkward in that situation and i try to avoid that situation because of it's an awkward thing it's hard to tell somebody that you know and come find out about scotty having to tell people he, I, I can't imagine doing that with somebody that I knew, let alone somebody that I've never met before. I was trying to avoid that situation. And I pretty much just left it at, sorry, man, she's too far gone. There's nothing we can do. Just trying, I, I wish I could go back and do that over, but then that kind of gets into my story later. But I kind of played it off like it was not much, you know, and we're talking about his watch life here. So we go about our day, we leave. You know, go about a day like nothing is different. You know, nothing felt weird about that call to me. Well, the next morning, um, one of my good buddies that I went through recruit school with, you know, somebody that I've got a relationship with, he's on the shift following me. So he comes in the morning. He was my relief the next morning. And he had been at the station, you know, it was getting about time for me to leave, to go home, just kind of hanging out, shooting breeze with the guys before I leave. And he gets a phone call from his wife. And he had worked overtime the day before. So he wasn't at home. Somebody had broken into their house that night so i was like dude get out of here go i'll hang out you know until you get here until they find somebody for you i don't have anything going on today i'll hang out here and i'll tell you what maybe maybe an hour later we get dispatched to a cardiac arrest you know i'm riding tail we're on the truck so you know kind of hear the address and stuff i didn't think anything oh well when we pulled in the neighborhood i'm like hmm, this is weird we ran a cardiac arrest in this neighborhood yesterday and uh we pull up to the same house i'm like the heck, man, I wonder, because we've had issues before where they accidentally dispatch us to a previous address or whatever. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, maybe I got this wrong, because it was roughly the same time of day as the day before that we, uh, you know, ran that the cardiac arrest there with the, the young woman. And uh, what it was is the, the husband, had, uh, he took a bunch of pills to try to kill himself, and it wasn't working quick enough, so then he got out a knife and slit his own throat and killed himself because of the, I'm assuming the guilt that he felt from having an argument with his wife and her passing. And I immediately felt like almost mad at myself. I was like, maybe you could have avoided this. You could have sat down with him, talked with him or something. Maybe that's all he needed and he might still be here. But I was too worried about avoiding an awkward situation that I just, you know, wrote it off and got out of there quick as I could and I wish that I could redo that to this day I wish I could go back and uh I didn't tell anybody about that I mean the guys there knew that we had run 
there before, you know, like the day before. They knew the situation, but they didn't know what the place it put me. And then the, the guilt that I felt and almost anger towards myself was something that I just let fester and build up. And then after that, I just, it seemed like we just kept running just crazy calls that I just couldn't shake. It sucks how that happens. And it's just like one after the other, you know, just little crazy things like we get dispatched to a guy having a nosebleed. And so we think nothing to it. So I was on the ambulance that day and we canceled the the engine that was coming with us. And we get there and it looks like a murder scene in the front yard. As a kid, it called by his grandfather who had lung cancer and he was literally like coughing his lungs up. Just little things like that. I just couldn't shake it, man. It seemed like every shift we were running something after that. And I just, things that, I don't know if they, you know, they're just not normal things for people to see. You know, I should say it's normal, but it, stuff like that that I'd seen before had never really bothered me and it never really got to me. And this, it got me in a pretty low spot. And I was too proud to tell anybody, you know, because our job, we're not supposed to feel the way that I felt. And uh, like I say, I started getting short with my wife, you know, just being rude to her. The most amazing person I know, the biggest support of my life. And I didn't tell her about what had happened. She didn't know. She just thinks her husband's being a jerk about stuff. And maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember it, but I just, I'm mad at myself for, for being that way too. Letting it really just affect all aspects of my life the the guilt that I felt for not doing you know I got we come I came into this career to try to help people and I failed to do that I had that opportunity and I failed to do it it kept almost like a downward spiral I felt and I felt alone but I never reached out to anybody either and one of the biggest things that I never did is I never prayed about it or anything and I think Satan had used that I'd gotten you know my like I mentioned my relationship was got with God wasn't it was almost non-existent at that point. You know, I, I knew I knew about God and I knew I'd already accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. And, I, you know, I just had let myself get so far away from it that I didn't have it to lean on. And then there's one day I just remember getting on my knees and just praying, God, please help me. And, you know, and we've talked about mental health before. I know I've talked about y'all about why I want to be there for other first responders if they're ever going through anything like this is because... I don't know that I ever would have acted on it, but the thought of suicide wasn't like, like now I'm like, no, dude, no way. There's no way in the world I would ever do that. And I can tell you that now. And I would, you know, but at the time, it wasn't necessarily I thought that I would do it, but it was almost like, it wasn't like a crazy thought. It was almost like, I don't know how to explain it. It was almost like a, uh, almost like a backup plan that was there. Like it wasn't out of the possibility of being something that I could do. And I, I hate that I got to that point because it was, it was so easily avoided. I had so, a lot of great people around me. God has put so many wonderful people in my life that all I had to do was talk to somebody or even just talk to him. As simple as that. And I never, I let it get too bad before I finally did. I should say I never did it because I did finally get down on my knees and I was just like, God, I, I need you. I need you in my life. And I know that you're there and I'm sorry that I haven't, I haven't, you know, been doing what I need to be doing that, you know, I, I know better. And I, I just let this guilt, you know, compound. And now I feel guilty that I haven't had this relationship. But as soon as I got on my knees and started praying, I felt this peace that I can't really put into words. It just kind of came over me and I just felt okay. And I was like, why didn't I do this before? I was like, you fool. You knew he's there. You know what to do. And you just didn't do it. 
And then uh, I just can't describe the way that I felt then. I, you know, my, my life immediately turned around. Things it seemed like as soon as that happened, you know, everything is going right now. And I think that was God reminding me like, hey, in the hard times, you need me. In the good times, you need me. But in the hard times, you need me. And I am there. I will always be there. And so I had, I, I don't know, I, I guess I just had to get to that low point to know, hey, he's here with me. Even when I felt alone, and not quite honestly, I, I was afraid at times. But even so, then, he was there. What's What's crazy is that you say that, and um, and in most people, um, when they are in the bad times, is when they look for God. But what's crazy is is uh, one of the things that um, a lot of men, especially in our profession, will do is we actually do the opposite like we don't we don't want to be that weakling <clears throat> that goes and asks for help from somebody or mm -hmm. from someone else it's it's a in my opinion a, a tragedy and a failure of the fire service or first responding in, in general right. well i think a lot of the mindset is we're supposed to help people we don't need the help mm -hmm. you know and i kind of felt that way but man this is your job why are you being a big baby about it, you know, and I just, I just wish I could go back and stop myself from getting to the point I did. But at the same time, I'm where I'm at now because of some of the things. I learned that lesson through going through that experience. So I don't know that I'd necessarily change it, but if I could stop somebody else from getting to that low point or help somebody avoid doing the unspeakable, which unfortunately is too common. And, you know, I hate hearing that, man. You, you know, because it's, it's not, I, I kind of feel where they came from. I never got to the point where I thought I was going to act on it, like I said, but it just almost felt like a, not necessarily a foreign thought, but just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But, so I didn't come from exactly where those guys are, but I think I was headed that way. And that's it's kind of scary, but at the same time, I want to use that to help someone else stop. I want them yeah. to, I, I don't want them I don't want them to feel like that's their way out because it's not a way out, you know. And through all this, I kind of let myself fall into the enemy's trap. We talked about Satan being the great deceiver. He had me fooled. He had me right where he wanted me. And this is the best way that I can explain from this is just through my life, putting my trust in God, he has given me fulfillment and a purpose and joy. And I'm not perfect. I still mess up all the time, but God loves me despite all of my flaws and my imperfections. And all the things that I was pursuing before continue to let me down, but God never has. And so one of my favorite songs, I know we kind of talk about some music and stuff like that, but um, one of my favorite songs ever is Voice of Truth by Casting Crowns. And one of my favorite lines is, of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. So that to me is huge. It's like, man, I was listening to the wrong voices for, for a while in my life. And I let myself go down a road that I don't care to really talk about just because I'm, I'm almost ashamed that I let myself, you know, get as far as I did, you know. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good lesson to learn. And I hope that if, if anybody's listening and they've never heard that song, listen to it. And just listen to the words and you know different, music, different songs will speak to different people differently but that one really spoke to me i know the right voice to listen to i just i've got to discipline myself to listen to the voice of truth 
And uh, I just want to remind people that failure is not the end of the road. If you've fallen, don't let it defeat you. Get up. Get up. Christ has already conquered your storm. This battle is already won. God wants to use flawed and forgiven people to teach about Jesus. And I think that's where I come in. Because I'm just as flawed as they come. But I'm also forgiven. And like I mentioned, Jesus has already conquered the storm. Why am I fighting this? It doesn't need to be fought this way because it's already won. He's already paid the price for my sins. I am bought by the blood of the Lamb. And that's a pretty great feeling. And I would love for other people to experience that too. And I'm proud of what God has done in my life and where you know, what he does for me. And I, I just would love to tell everybody about how awesome it is to have that. And so, you know, like we talked about earlier, there's more things that happen in life. You know, there's ups and downs. And I'm not saying that if you accept Jesus in, into your heart and that you, you know, repent, that life is going to be smooth sailing from then on. I know that's been mentioned. It's, it's not. But it definitely makes the tough times a lot easier to navigate when you have that relationship to lean on. And so the, just know that the chapter you are currently in in your life may not work out the way you hope and pray that it will. But with Jesus Christ, your story will have a happy ending. And so I just want to fast forward to something pretty recent with us. You know, uh, my son, Rhett, is almost four months old now, and he's doing great. But so with the pregnancy, we uh, I remember we went to one of her appointments and uh, they did the ultrasound and it was quick. So the lady doing the ultrasound, and normally like I remember with my daughter, my first child, um, like if, if she wasn't in the right, like she wouldn't cooperate and she'd have my wife stand up, maybe walk around a little bit, sit back down, try to get some good pictures. Well, I just remember my son, he wasn't quite angled right, but she didn't seem concerned about it. She only took a couple pictures and was pretty much done. I was like, I'm kind of whatever. Well, maybe we'll get it next time. You know, didn't think anything about it, but my my wife had, I guess her mom's sense was tangling and we get in the room. So they always do the ultrasound and they take you to the room and the doctor comes in. So we have a few minutes by ourselves before the doctor comes in and speaks with us. And she told me, she's like, something ain't right. I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, why do you say that? She's like, well, I saw the nurse whispering to the, the, uh, the tech that did the ultrasound and I just, Something for, something's not right. They were too quick. They didn't have me move around. There's something that's not right. <clears throat> I thought, I was like, Carrie, you, you're just being, you're just being paranoid. And just calm down. And the doctor coming here in a minute, and I kind of played it off as nothing. Well, the doctor came in, and one of the first things she said is, I'm so sorry. And we're like, that's not what you want to hear from your doctor when they walk in. No. And uh, our son had like a, an ex excess of fluid that had built up on his abdomen. They called it ascites. And uh, they didn't know where it was coming from. So then they referred us to a specialist to go, you know, continue through like testing and stuff, try to figure out where it was coming from. And I could just, I just felt like the doctor wasn't telling us something. And so, you know, of course we're, we're worried. My wife is getting emotional and stuff like that. Well, she wants to, she went to the restroom. And so I stepped into the doctor's office and I was, I was like, hey, I know, I just feel like you, there's something that you didn't, not, not that you're holding anything back from us, but I just felt like there was something that you wanted to tell us that you couldn't. And I was like, I don't know what to think. I, you know, I, I don't know how to prepare myself to support my wife, not knowing what in the world to think. And she told me, she said, well, there is the only time I've ever seen a case like this, the baby had already passed. 
before they had found it. And so, of course, I get in, that, that gives me, you know, my mind's running a million miles an hour in different ways. You know, I don't know what to think. And I, I don't want to tell my wife that because she's going to freak out even more than she already is. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so they had to go do some blood work for her. So while she was waiting on the blood work, I started, you know, one of the worst things ever to get on Google and look up something, you know, I started looking up stuff and everything I read was extremely negative. And so when they took her into the room to, to draw blood and I stepped outside and called my dad and I remember talking to him. I was like, dad, I don't know how to tell her, but I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to tell her that. And he's like, son, there's only one thing you can do. And he said, give it to God. And you know, it's like when he said that, it was like a light bulb goes off in my head. I'm like, why did I think of that? You know, I know, you know, and the through stuff I've been through before. Yeah. You know, why why not put that trust in him? And and you know, this has all happened within you know, like a ten minute span. So you know, I was like, you're right, Dad. And I remember just praying. I was like, God, this is yours. This is your battle, and I trust you, and I trust your plan. And I gave it to him, and I felt that peace again. That I talked about this peace just come over me, and it was almost. I taught my wife and we prayed together in the car right after that. And we both felt that peace. Just a peace that you can't really describe unless I feel like you've experienced that. And that's God to me. Like you talked about, that was God there. He was there with us in that time. He provided us peace and comfort that only you can experience through him. And I know he was there with us. But anyways, we uh, we both started talking and there's only, there was a time that we almost felt guilty about how calm we were about it. And uh, we'd had some other stuff happen that, you know, just come to my mind. But we had some other, a couple other things happen that week. My, we'd all had the flu, you know, just and it kicked our tails. And my daughter had a febrile seizure with the flu and stuff like that. Just It just seemed like everything was rolling downhill again, you know. And, and we were able to stop that ball where it was. And we put our trust in God and we just trusted him with it. And we just completely surrendered to him. And we felt almost guilty about how calm we were about it. Like, maybe we should be more worried. And there was more times, you know, we get, we'd get news and it would worry us. You know, we started going to the specialist and he was big on, he was, he was big on, you know, there's a lot of babies that when you come back, he's preparing us for, hey, this is a good chance you could come back next week and there won't be a heartbeat. You know, it's very it's a very real possibility with what we're seeing and we don't know where this is coming from we don't know what's going on this is a very real possibility and he was just and it freaked my wife out bad so we had the up and down with it but our trust was always in god you know we have to come back to it sometimes i have to kind of almost remind ourselves like hey are we trusting him or not you know we got either way however this comes out god is good he's done so much good in our lives to the point to where you know, it's like, how do we not trust him? He's never failed us. And so, and like where it goes back to say, there's not always going to be a happy ending to the story, but God is always there with you. And so that kind of brings me to another song that I'd like to mention. And it's, a, it's another Casting Crown song, but it's Praise You in the Storm. And that song mm-hmm. came to my mind. And I was like, God, I'm going to praise you in this storm. And that's, I want to, because you are so good. I would be a fool to forget all the good that you've done for me. You know, I'd, I'd be a fool to just throw that out and to completely worry and not trust you. I said, you've proven time and time again that you're trustworthy, and I'm going to praise you in this storm no matter the outcome. And then I prayed. I was like, God, please help me have to have the strength to continue to praise you even if this doesn't turn out the way that I hope that it does. You know, I prayed for this boy, and we 
call on the prayer warriors, and I believe in the power of prayer. And like I say, we we both we all know, you know, all of us know that just because you pray for something to happen doesn't mean it's gonna happen the way you want it. It's not always gonna be the happy ending. Yeah. But I do believe in the power of prayer, and I think my son is and he's a great example of that because, like I say, he's almost four months old now, and he's healthy doesn't have any issues it's completely self-resolved all the appointments that we went to they never could tell us where it came from but it's gone now and he's you know, i may be a little biased but i think he's the most handsome young man i've ever seen <laughs> you know and it just it just to me that's just such a huge testament to if you're willing to put lean on god and trust him all the wonderful things he can do but don't be discouraged if it doesn't work out that way because he's always good and i prayed hard that he would help me to remember that if the times got tougher. And fortunately for us, they, they got nothing but better, really. We just got, we continued to get not necessarily good news all the time, but not bad news either. He wasn't getting worse. You know, he was necessarily you know, about the same. And it just, all of it ended out to be a, a happy ending for that. But I just wanted to, to share some of the lyrics from that song, just in case you're going through that hard time. And maybe it's not a happy ending. And the words that I want to share, and I'll praise you in this storm. I will lift my hands for you are who you are, no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. And I think that those are some beautiful words if you've ever experienced anything like that. And even if you haven't, it's just, Find that love. He's willing to give you the love, you know, and just accept it. You you can't you can't buy your salvation from the works that you do. Jesus Christ has already done that for us. He's already paid that price. Give your heart to Him and have that relationship with Him. I, I know you won't regret it. I never have. You know, He's done nothing but good for me. So I just want to kind of share one of my favorite. It is my favorite verse. It's Psalm twenty-eight seven, and it's the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. And I hope that I can hold true to that no matter what trials and tribulations that we go through. I always want my heart to leap for joy and I want to praise him through everything because he is good. He is my strength and my shield. And so that's, you know, can't express enough how grateful I am and how good our God is. He does so much for us. And I would be nowhere without him. I would, would be nothing. And I, you know, at times we might be a little short on money or, you know, just going through different types of hardships. There's times that I'm trying to think, well, what can I do to make this happen? Where I just got to trust, you know, I got to trust that God's going to provide the work and God's going to provide. And he always does. So, you know, like we said multiple times, just because, you know, you have that relationship doesn't mean you're not going to have hard times. It just makes it so much easier to navigate those times. And so, you know, that's kind of that's kind of my story. And, you know, I'm sure it'll continue to grow. We talked about, you know, Scotty is a little longer because he's a little older. But, <laughs> yeah. know, but I think that you, I think that you, everybody's testimony is going to grow as, you know, as they go through life and they, they right. go through different things. But uh, Well, I'll tell you something that you say. It, it doesn't. It makes it it makes it easier when you have the Lord in, it, within you and inside you and you're and you're praying to him. You have somebody that you feel like is there listening um, and you know that is listening. I didn't mention this in mine, but <clears throat> when 
my two buddies pass away, every you know a lot of people reaching out and trying to make sure it's okay. But the one thing that stuck out about that whole time was it was the day, it was the next day, and I was sitting in my room. I didn't I, I didn't leave my couch. I sat in my room and I played Madden. I mean, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, like I I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I checked out, and I remember my my other buddy that I grew up with even before I knew Andre and Willie. <clears throat> Michael Mascari is his name. I'll never forget this. Everybody was saying, hey, hey, I'm here for you. I'm talking to you. And that was wonderful and great. But I'll never forget this. I was sitting up there. And he came up. I didn't see him much because he, he worked all the time. He lived. He still lives in Stone Mountain. I didn't see him that much. He knocks on the door. He opens the door. I look over and it's Michael. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he didn't say one word. He goes, hey, he came in. He didn't say one word about Willie or Jeremy. He sat down. He picked up the remote control and he goes, he goes, who are you getting? Like to play a game. And I remember like, he didn't say one word about anything. We sat down and we started playing Madden together. And I forgot about it. And it's what the Lord does for me whenever bad things happen, like, or when I'm looking for peace, like, it's just the fact that he's there. Yep. And that's what, when we talk about our problems that we have, like we, your situation, you know, with that call and we don't want to say nothing, but if we don't say anything, then no one will ever be there. Right. If we forget about God and then we forget about the people that God's put in our life. Right. That's completely we, ignoring everything he's put in place. Then we, we feel alone. Right. But when we just talk to those people, even if they have, don't have advice, it's, it's nothing that you can say. Right. When tragedy hits, there's nothing you can say that makes it better. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that you're there. Yeah. Like, and that's how God makes me feel, you know, in general, but especially in tragedy. Yeah. And the fact that he just, I, I, it's just crazy because I had all these people, you know, and he just sat down and we played a game. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a God thing to me. God knew that's what you needed in that time. And he provided somebody there for you that cared about you. And like you said, man, this is awesome. He, he does, he works in so many ways. It's something as simple as just the people we have in our lives. See, the devil has control of this world. He has control of the things that happen. Uh, not everything, obviously. But part of part of his sin was being damned to this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, like eternal damnation to this earth and hell and blah, blah. But the thing is, is that you, you, it, I don't think it was a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. There's not a coincidence that somebody broke into that guy's house the one night. Yeah. Oh, I've never had my house broken in. Well, right. and when I lived in some mountain as a kid, I yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but of all the times, uh, that morning, time I've ever did that happen? There's a reason for that. Yeah. It didn't just happen. Yeah. And and you know how we always say, man, it's you ain't lying, man. When the bad things, when you're going through something hard or the bad things happen, uh, especially on shift, it is like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of the times, too, I'd have something that I was looking forward to. Like we had a guy's trip that we were taking. A lot of the guys I worked with have a trip planned. I was looking forward to that. The night before, we ran kind of a messed up call. You know, just little things like that. It's just like, man, it's almost stealing the little bit of joy that I was holding on to. Yeah. You know, and that's... 
Yeah, you're right, dude. It's like a, and he's and Satan's using that. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's he's feeding off of that. Mm-hmm. That's all he's got. Right. You know, because he knows that you have God. You have you have a purpose. Right. You know, and he's gonna use what he can. A little yard work going on right now. You can't hear that. But, uh. Yeah, we don't. We we aren't privileged to have all the foam foam on our walls to keep all the noise out. We have some donuts we probably use. To put them up against the window. You know, you got enough ice to stick them on there and maybe block out some of the sound. But uh, you know, Jake, you know, he ate it all. Right. <laughs> I was saying we could use the donut box. <laughs> Because it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a police. <laughs> I don't feel like I should say that, the, that the, he didn't actually eat all of them. <laughs> we all partook. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. I, I'm not ashamed of eating a good donut. <laughs> not at all. Well, I thought that was good, man. I, I appreciate that. And um, uh, I personally um, can relate a lot to that because. I've been in, in certain calls like that before, you know, I had a child drown on us once and I'd never forget the moment I looked down as a two year old girl on Thanksgiving evening at dinner. I'll never forget looking down, doing compressions on her and I looked at her face and I swear it was my daughter. I've heard people say that and I haven't, thank you, I haven't had that situation since I've had kids, but before, you know, I've oh, yeah. I remember you talking about your, your buddy's dad when you called yeah. hearing that scream and you can still hear it. the very first pediatric arrest I ever ran. I can still hear that mom scream just like it was yesterday. That's that's that is literally as hard as dealing with the death. Like I mean it's almost actually worse. Because there's nothing that you can't watch a movie on Netflix or whatever that can recreate pure terror. Yeah. Because that's the sound that when you hear it, that's something that you won't forget. It is. And it stays with you. It's like you can forget faces sometimes, and you forget certain things sometimes. And that that's it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, even like you said, I mean, even with you know, when you when you're when you're on calls, people you don't even know. I mean, I've I've got that. I've got those same those same screams in my head and I can't Hear them. Yeah, it's it's uh, bad. It's it's tough. Um, but you know what? Talking about that with the brotherhood and help. When you see, when you see, especially in 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 public service, but it should be in general. But that same night, when I, when I was I was sitting there doing compression, I was a little girl. I looked down, I saw her face. There was a guy behind me. He was a medic. He wasn't. It it wasn't his call. You know, he, he wasn't on the ambulance. He reached over and he didn't have kids at the time. <clears throat> and he grabbed me because he said, like, he grabbed me and said, I got this. You get out of the ambulance. And like, I didn't want to because you're also, man, you know how we are, man. Yeah, it's like, it. no, no, right. I can, I can fix this. I can do this. And that's another reason why it hurts so bad. You can, um. Uh, you, you're always like you can do this, but he grabbed me and I I got out of the ambulance because I didn't I didn't like it. Right. And uh, he 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 told me later he's like I could see it in your face. 
He's like, I knew it wasn't good. Right. And man, he looked out for me. Right. And that's what we have to do, not just in those terrible situations, but man, it's as especially as an officer and people in your career, you gotta pay attention to that kind of stuff. That's right. Because you just never know what's festering. That's right. Shoot, that goes with anybody that does any kind of job. If you, you know, like you as a young man, the story that you told, you didn't know what anything that you did as a first responder, but you experienced that, you know, something that you've experienced time and time again since, you know, maybe in a different, in a different way. But, you know, there's a, people go through stuff like that all the time. And it doesn't matter what career you're in, you know, those kinds of things just stick with people. And you got to be, you can't be afraid to talk to people about stuff. And, you know. Well, it, a lot of it goes to this is the fact that I, I, I say this a lot. I say this to people all the time. Our world, especially America, United States, and the, and the society we live in is a GSP society. Our society in America is built on greed, selfishness, and pride. And people don't, their first, their first thought is not to think of someone else, it's to think of themselves. Right. So when you think of yourself all the time, you don't see what else that other people are going, going through. You don't pay attention to what other people are right. dealing with. And in turn, that it's too far sometimes to where by the time you do see it, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Your story reminded me of a time I ran out of my mom. I got so mad at her when I was in high school one day. I, I yelled at her and I was so mad. I don't even know what it was about. I got so pissed. I ran out of the house, jumped in my car, and took off. I came back that night. My dad worked morning watch at the time. And he was like, and so he was, he had already left that morning. He got home that morning. I was, I was still asleep. He woke me up. He sat on my bed and he looked at me. He goes, I'm going to tell you something. He's like, don't you ever yell at your mom like that again and leave. He said, I know you're going to have your differences. He's like, but you may leave and you may never come back, but you also might leave. She might not be here when you get back. He said, don't you ever leave her without telling her you love her or saying that or, or, or fixing whatever you're yelling at because you won't be able to live with that. And yeah, when I was listening to that story, man, like I, it's almost like I, I knew it was going to happen. Right. <laughs> like when you were taught telling it, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. Like, and it's just like one of those things and I've never forgot that, like. With my wife, my wife, she gonna be so mad at me because I'm telling you this, but she hangs up on me all the freaking time. And I tell her, baby, you don't hang up on me. I don't hang up on her. And when she hangs up on me, I'm like, oh no, she did it. And I <laughs> grab my phone up, I, I, I blow her phone up. Nope, nope. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Look, babe, you can be mad at me, but I love you. Bye. <laughs> share this first based off of what something you said with the you said it at the very end but basically you said you know i know we're kind of ragging on scotty about being older but bring it <laughs> bring it but uh but what you said was right was true and you know 
as we get older, our stories and testimonies may change a little bit or, or not change, but, you know, get added to. <laughs> uh, we'll continue to learn things. Um, and Philippians 1, 6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, amen. God, God's going to continue to work on us day by day <laughs> until... Until we're with him in glory. Yeah. Our, our um, testimony is a dash yeah. between our names when we pass away. Yeah. It always changes. Yeah. What was my testimony before my friends passed away? What was your testimony before you went through that, that tragedy at work? Yeah. Like Our testimony never stops. Right. Yeah. That's why we have to act and, and do the things we do. Yeah. 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 And ultimately, it's you know not to be cheesy or cliche, but you know. Ultimately, it's his story. It's God's story, yeah, right? That's true. It's, that's a good point. And then, but, yeah, if, if you're listening and you just feel like you're too far, because I think sometimes we get a little bit guilty too. Like, man, I've, I've gotten way too far. I'm too far gone. I, I've let myself get too attached to these things, or whatever the case may be. You're never too far. He's always with you. He's sure. not going to give up on you ever. Sure. Like I said before, that battle is won. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. Well, uh, I think that about does it uh, for this episode. But uh, like I said before, if y'all if y'all uh, have any questions or if y'all want to talk to somebody and have somebody to talk to, you know, just email email us um, at respondcommunity at gmail.com. That's respondcommunity, all one word, at gmail.com. Please don't hesitate. If for some reason right. something's weighing on your heart and you just want some guys to talk to, whether you're a first responder or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you right. know, all of us would be more than happy to talk to you. That's right. And I if think you I speak for all of us, if you need real help and you, you just really need to find some answers and you need a little bit more than just to talk to somebody, we know people that can help you. That's right. <clears throat> we can steer you in the right direction to, to send you to someone that can help. You know, it's 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 not about us. It's about you. You know, if, if you put others before yourself, it's about them. That's why you're about. It's about you for us. So, we're just here trying to uh, open up some light. Absolutely. I appreciate y'all taking time to listen to our stories too. Man. Yeah, thank y'all so much. Peace.